Hello and welcome to a Mind Matters podcast presented by A Light for Change. Where we talk about the who, what, where, why, and how we as a community can make positive changes. The when is up to all of us and it starts with you. Before I start, let's get into a positive zone and I'll share my thoughts on a question from Graduate Thrivers Paz Cards. Paz stands for Positive Attitude Zone. The card drawn is green for creative thinking, and the question is, if you could have three wishes granted, what would they be? This is a tough one for me. There is so many things I could wish for, but it's hard to know which will be free of a downside. I suppose one would be to have the means to make the positive changes that sparkle in my mind like fireworks. be it money, connection, or charisma. The next wish I would make, I think, might be to have foresight on how to protectively achieve my lofty ambitions for a unified community that grows as a unit. My third wish would have to be the ability to inspire others to be comfortable being their own true weird selves. This is Season 2, The Role We Play, Episode 2. Understanding your perspective is your own. The idea that perspective is held in common between humans is naive, considering it is the result of what has been perceived. It is a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something, a point of view made as you become aware or conscious of something, come to realize or understand what you interpret or look upon. Even if two people experience something at the same time, standing side by side, they will perceive the moment differently, based on how the brain processes the sensory input as compared to previous experiences and learned understandings. For each perceiver, their perspective is true and fact, having been observed as such, making any other variant wrong against the proof perceived. But the other's versions are also true and fact hence the argumentative nature of being human. When we perceive, what we perceive to be true is often distorted, personally priceless with questionable societal value and in need of mindful deciphering. It takes having an open mind and faith that you know what you know for a reason and that reasons are right for you to know to be happy with your own perspectives. Understanding your perspective is yours does not mean to keep it to yourself, nor is it the epitome, but something for you to own as a resource to keep you moving in the right direction for you. Owning what you perceive with an open mind to learn more allows you to reduce distortion, which can be caused by the influence of others, limited exposures to variance, and your cognitive processing of relatable memory and program plan. We will cover opinions in future episode, but everyone has one of one, and those around you use it to mold you every second of every day from the moment you were born. This distortion is a form of conditioning where the power of suggestion creates a slightly altered reality, not a false reality, but one where the information that relates to an input is jaded by factors such as generational trauma and societal conformity. An extreme example, but very common, is victim racism, where a cultured parent raises a child to be traumatized by a culture such as the white, despite geographic origin, so they go to school feeling a sense 
they are already losing to an enemy that never offended. Walk into a workplace feeling they will never be given the same opportunity without proof of such and segregate themselves from said culture under an unrequired need to keep oneself safe from harm. These limited beliefs are then exaggerated because they become blind, unable to seize a moment while paralyzed in fear that is seen and taken by others, enhancing the injustice felt when the injustice was. They were raised in fear. I like to compare living with limited exposure to experiences with alternate perspective to the compound learning model. If a child does not go through the levels of learning, they struggle with understanding concepts that are discussed in more complex cognitive levels. So if you don't sort blocks in kindergarten, learn how to solve arithmetic equations in elementary, and blend math with science in high school, then you will probably struggle with engineering and statistical research concepts as an adult. You may even struggle to maintain a budget or be fueled by qualitative and quantitative features easily. The same can be said using the environment as an example. If you are raised in a desert climate as a child and moved to a tropical one as an adult, you will likely struggle to function in the humidity as your system climatizes. Or say you move to a cold country and arrive without the proper protective clothing, clothing, causing you to get very sick. Even the home environment can distort one's perspective by creating normal behaviors that may conflict with what others consider normal. Think about someone who is nose blind to animal smells in their house, or one who finds it normal to smoke all the time, be it inside or out. Another example is hoarding which is an ingrained behavior after the world wars and is now considered sloth. Both influence and exposure distortions lead to the last distortion, I will discuss, which is the cognitive processing aspect, which is what truly separates one's per one person's perspective from another's, making it unique. When our brain processes information, it can act like a doctor prescribing custom eyeglasses and hearing aids to manipulate how the information is taken in, and so too affects you. If you have ever played the board game Googly Eyes, this concept will make a lot of sense. But the mad Mothers Against drunk driving commercial with the beer glasses on the dashboard altering how the road is seen is a good example as well. Our past experiences will tell the brain to prepare for for and counteract a possibility of experiencing negativities again or to seek a reassurance in positive feelings. Exposure to feeling abandoned will have a person wearing goggles of mistrust, just as someone who has been taught to heal and overcome may wear a set of glasses made for a happy survivor. What we hear can be altered similarly to one's sight, where one's own scarred emotions can cause misinterpretation of tone or inflection and change how you react to someone. All this distortion happens in milliseconds, which can make it difficult to notice, giving no cause to think our perception is altered and not genuine to the source. Being mindful about your thoughts and having an open mind in understanding what you are perceiving 
will help you determine what information to hold as true and important to you. I'm not sure when I came to my understanding of perspective, but I know I had a hard time allowing my understanding to be distorted because I so fascinated I am so fascinated by the wonder of life. One of my fondest memories as a child was walking with my father in a forest discussing trees. Most will talk about how a tree eats sunlight and breathes our bad air to give us good air or how we get fruits, nuts, and syrup from our trees. But I wanted to know why we called a tree a tree and who decided we should call it a tree. I wanted to know who decided which tree should live thousands of years ago to see humanity grow and which should, which should be made useful to help humanity grow. I wanted to know why we didn't glorify the tree for all its loving connection to us. Even when burst into the finest dust, it becomes life-granting carbon. The tree sparked my anthropological fascination. I admire the idea that many trees had stood on battlegrounds, been etched by love, scarred by fire, spread its seed, fed many people, shared shade, withstood many storms, and continuously cleaned the air that circulates around the earth. How we value this distorted opinion of what we have perceived is conflicted, for you can't put a set price on what is known. It can't be taken away, so it is not for sale. Yet we sell bits of what we know to the highest bidder, compromise our data, from poor emotional hygiene and mishandled data in closed-minded storage in order to be perceived as valuable in society. It is important to value your understanding and to feel comfortable disclosing your perspective so others may understand what you perceive as well. But information is powerful and can be easily misused. You must be mindful of what and when you share, trying to keep sharing refined to self-advocacy. However, sharing knowledge and skill has become how we are ranked in value by society for very little benefit to self. This is also the reason we have come to live in an age where life experience is less valued than institutional study. The altering of what we consider valuable information and our desire to acquire it has decreased our ability to discern what is valid. In recent years, even our news media is sent from this perspective that is deemed will generate the most revenue. In fact, we have become so accustomed to receiving negative information that we seek it out as a way of justifying a view that life is miserable. Humanity's lack in emotional hygiene compromises our perspective understanding because our lens is biased and permanently on guard protecting us from curing more trauma, creating a clear divide with some desensitized believing what is not negative is just a fantasy and those who are overtly emotional, overstimulated by emotions of both poles. We allow ourselves to take in so much that it is hard to process and just let it pile starting to jumble up the 
relevance of information that is not properly processed and filed in long-term memory. It is only natural under these conditions to want to run away to a tiny safe haven with at least the basic pleasures as a constant, a place to rear a family in safety, being surrounded in a theoretical rose-colored glass dome, a sort of Potemkin world that is simple and perfect. Why would anyone want to step out of what is comfortable and good? Because we crave experience and understanding. So, through a little understood com cosmic connection of our three parts, mind, body, and soul. Unfortunately, the overload of fear information makes it so much easier to resist, to rest in naive content. But this closes our minds and doesn't allow for more information to come in, limiting the breadth of one's perspective. Most people find this comfort in aligning with faith groups and denying all other mindsets their value, forgetting that each religion was formed from the mishandling of a previous, born out of coexisting union of two previous, or as a modernizing adaption to a previous, having layers of information gained from all that came before. Closing your mind to experience that brings growth through lessons keeps you stuck in a certain mindset. The same closed-mindedness is what causes rifts in families, families, particularly a generation or so after emigrating, where the melding of cultures creates controversy against what has always been, more so when they transition into a country with looser moral values and higher value for independent thought than the home they came from. In both examples, the conflict of interest is out of love and must understood guidance. What was known kept a sense of value, comfort, and safety. Just as time has passed, protection from what was is less of a need than seeking new knowledge for what is to come, as deemed needing protection from. Changing the value of a closed-minded behavior by the circumstances that one lives under. Whether you acquire and sell your perspective, choose to limit or expand, or choose to accept or deny any perspective, be it yours or another's, will alter the course of a moment taken as it moves through time, finding value as it will for you to understand. Mindfully deciphering all information your senses receive from a source input is the act of unlocking your thoughts, but it also aids in being open to receive new information, expanding your se sensory input or scope, and storing the memory of the moment as to be recollected or recalled as positive growth opportunity. Being mindful of what you perceive is a key part to understanding how the moment weaves into the bigger picture by allowing you to see beyond the emotion assigned to a moment before it is stored. It allows you to understand how your actions contribute to the way a scenario plays out and that the other perceivers of the moment have their own circumstances at play that contribute to how they interact with the moment as well. Mindful perception involves taking in many aspects of the moment as it is in play 
but also thinking about how past experiences impact how you choose to process in the unlocking of your thoughts to reveal behavioral patterns and the possibilities under which you develop them. This allows you to release your mind from deciphering the current moment has caused to sense a threat or believe a disadvantage exists that will jeopardize a part of your identity in some way. By taking mere seconds to do this in real time and in reflection, you open your senses to being able to receive new information that gives a deeper understanding to the path your life has taken and is traveling. With each interaction that you allow yourself to vicariously see their perspective, you allow yourself to see more of who you are as well. In every moment, you have the power to interpersonalize a situation that frustrates you and ask yourself, what really brings you that emotion? You can reflect on who you would want to be treated or aided if in the shoes of another. Sorry, not who, how. And decide with certainty the future impacts, how you will interact with the moment, having considered the many outcomes and owning your choice as being best for you. Not every decision you will make in life will align with what society thinks is best, but limiting your guilt for not adhering to the norm is found in forming calculated ownership of how you decide to walk your path in life. There are lessons to be had in every scenario, but you must choose to live through it to find the lesson. There is a global concept that life happens, and we end up in places for a reason, and I'm sure there is a cosmic drive to how we are presented with a moment as source input. But I have found to find happiness in what is cosmically presented for you to choose from is to understand that the choice is yours to determine what play to make from all the processes your brain presents as possibility. There will be moments in some people's life that you will seem so dark you'd rather experience nothing. We're choosing what most would seems pointless, so you may as well have fun while you're being beaten by life. Of course, you can choose to let your light go out, but undoubtedly you will find some of life's biggest lessons glaring through the darkness that helps you stand with compassion. There will be moments in some people's life that seem so light, everywhere you turn, you see the shadows being cast from it terrifying you into believing you don't deserve to be shining the light. Of course, you can drop the torch and let someone else pick it up, but some of the grandest lessons in life come from the opportunity to lead with compassion. When we are mindful of how our past influences are present, we can overcome Adler's inferiority complex and ease the pain that comes from the guilt of shameful humility that stems off, the sh off others' disbelief. Each new bit of information expands the range of what you can perceive. I've been blessed with a wide perspective that is openly receptive since as far back as I can remember. And my life was far from perfect, so I can tell you this is not the only aspect to being happy. I find so many influencers show this idea 
that just thinking positive and surrounding yourself with positive will result in a perfect life. However, at the same time, there is this idea that if someone does not present having lived a perfect life, that they are not qualified to help others. I was granted every ability to live the perfect life, worthy of being an influential motivator to others, yet I chose to live an imperfect life, full of variance, that led to vast amounts of pleasure and pain. And still, in the end, I want to motivate people to find happy in their lives. I am not sure how to show people that all the jaded parts of my life are what give me the authority to say, you deserve to be happy too. Not perfect, but happy. My son would say there is no such thing as perfect, which is true, because there is no true marker to place ranking against. But you can see your life as perfect for you. Other life coaches may be able to show you how delightful it is to make good decisions, but I can tell you with experience that you can find a path to good, to that good life, no matter what choices you made in life. I'm not here to motivate you to look good by society standards, but to realize that you don't fit in because you were meant because you were meant to stand out for your own lessons as useful to have learned for your unique purpose. I can tell you that the true you is not as hidden as it might seem, but has been learning how to make the most of itself and guide you to let it teach you how to shine as you in your simply complicated life. I hope what I have disseminated herein has inspired you to expand your perspectives in order to reduce distortion increase the value of what you take in, and strengthen your ability to mindfully process each moment you live through so the results are positive information storage <coughs> that lends to conscious growth as a mindful, triparted being. It has taken me years of living to feel driven to share how I shine through my vulnerabilities to, she to see the joy in life. Still, my mind sees a diverse perspective. I apologize for those who see, who see ego in my presentations. It is my intention to show through the next 22 episode that each of us can take pride in the ownership of how our personal book of life will read, inspiring you to take and make it riveting a riveting read for yourself. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise and tell them as well. Think about how you live and how you contribute to how your life is playing out. Think about your opinions and your idea of what life is like or should be like. Reflect on the moments that helped form those certainties in your mind. In each of those moments, there was an emotion that led to an imaginary set of glasses that you wear when you show up for new experiences in life. Now ask yourself, did you prescribe yourself joyful lenses, angry ones, sad glasses, or ones filtered to show you worry. I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone, PAS cards for short. This question will be the opening question for next episode. The card drawn is blue for self-esteem and values. And the question is, what is your favorite thing to do outside? We will get to that next week, but in the meantime, you can get your PAS cards, Positive Attitude Zone, graduatethrivers.com. That's spelled capital G, small r-a-d, 
capital U, small it, capital T, small h-r-i-b-e-r-s, dot com. Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, open-minded, and natural. Keep smiling as much as you can. Take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on the Mind Matters Podcast, created by A Light for Change.